0: Hello everybody and welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly, September 12th, 2018 edition. Uh, this is a special episode. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for supporting the podcast so far. Uh, comments or questions, weekly send it to weekly W-E-A-K-L-Y, podcast, W-E-A-K-L-Y-Podcast at gmail.com. I haven't showered today. I shouldn't have said that. This is a special episode. <laughs> My friend who I'm about to talk to talk about would be very irritated that I mentioned that I didn't shower today. Uh and this special episode is dedicated uh on the seventh year of his passing, which is September twelfth, uh to my friend uh Macasey Arthur, who is a comedian out of uh, Toronto area who when I was first starting he his style blew me away and amazed me and gave me hope and uh, he was a really interesting guy with a very interesting voice in both senses he had a really cool speaking voice mm-hmm. and uh, he also had a very unique perspective and his early jokes were all super deadpan very surreal he was probably 18 or 19 and 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 just had so much creativity and such a strange but interesting outlook and uh, I've got his friend and my friend uh, here with me another person who was around when I started doing comedy and uh, was very kind to me at the very beginning of doing comedy uh Gilson Lubin who I think is one of the best comics in Canada <laughs> very kind I, I won't, you know this is the part where
1: I get more Canadian and I say uh, oh very nice but I uh, say thank you Nick no well problem recognized thank no I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> I mean thank how good is Gilson let's say he has a comedy special from the, uh oh, 2000 or something. or something 2004 4 And uh, people are still watching and commenting it on YouTube. So that's an interesting thing about that era of comedy. Now specials is people are watching them on YouTube. I think it's because Russell Peters kind of had a really big one, and then it kind of opened up everyone watching. That was humongous. All of those. Levi McDougal. People watch his. Patrick
1: Malia. I remember. Oh, I don't know him. Yeah. Ryan Belleville.
0: Yeah. So anyway, Gilson is an OG fortunate to record one og's in the building I already now. <laughs> and um very good friend of mccasey's i think he would be happy to say that i visited uh, i'm proud to uh and, and by the way
1: mutual respect uh, for mm-hmm. the craft and mm-hmm. the uh you know it's likewise it's it's a mirror right um i'm appreciative of what i see and that's why we end up becoming friends we've seen (laughs) hundreds of comics and we're like (laughs) we don't even dislike because it's a tough thing to do when you're busy making people laugh but you do say it's easier to communicate to so-and-so so so i'm gonna go that way you know there
0: is that yes i try to be nice to everybody but sometimes i but they're the people you gravitate to (laughs) yes and uh that's where gil and i are at
1: thank you
0: um and yeah, I didn't really plan for this. I mean, this is one of the benefits of ADHD/disadvantages. <laughs> slash disadvantages. You got a call 2 hours ago. Uh I called you 2 hours ago and I had the idea. It's been gestating for a minute, you know. I never had this platform until, you know, this summer. And I uh I just said to myself, you know, McCasey was so special uh, the fact that it was 70 years ago. When this happened um, is so strange to me because it feels like yesterday. And I'm sure that's the same for all of his friends and his family. And it's not the same for those who didn't know him because you weren't there. So I'll give you a pass. But uh, (laughs) um,
1: it's like knowing someone who's not just extra kind because kind seems his norm. He, you know, he, like, he, he does com- not have to be that thoughtful. Yeah, and he's very grounding, uh, in one's life. When you know. Him. Yeah, and it's he was an incredibly
0: a thoughtful person. Very young person when he died. He was 29. He was very young. Twenty-nine. Yeah, yeah and and it was a, a tragedy that uh, at the time I think. Many in the Toronto comedy community from, uh, especially my generation, which is just a touch after Gilson started, I think, yeah. um, hadn't really been through before. So, um, you know, awesome. there a comedian named Troy Dixon had died a few years before then, and, and I didn't really know Troy very well, but that was also quite traumatic yeah. for the community as well. Yeah. was um, yeah. there
1: someone, it just seemed like too much. They were both young, mm-hmm. very talented. Yeah. You know, Troy is a force, you know? Or... Yeah.
0: And I remember Troy, the only experience I ever really had with Troy Dixon was like being at a show at the Gladstone Hotel and just like sharing a smile. He's you always,
1: know. always smiling. Yeah. Always and,
0: nice. Yeah. And that's something about comedy that we forget sometimes is those like uh, random acts of kindness. Uh, they go a long way in terms of wanting you to continue doing comedy. And uh, yeah. So I thought we to dedicate an episode now that I have a, a platform of sorts to very nice. remembering very thoughtful McCasey and I'm going to play uh some audio of a short that he did at the end of the episode and the short was the the one I was telling you about uh at the it's Drake Hotel Atlanta, the Gilson Detroit. yeah um I received from someone um he McCasey was very interesting and and you know I immediately
1: Start forward thinking
0: forward thinking and ahead of his time and um he he was just uh a, a, um he gave a lot of thought to comedy and he really respected comedians and he was doing this surreal style for a long time but he received this was 2000 through 2004 even 2006 mm-hmm. unfortunately i think at comedy at that time I think he was receiving a lot of pushback about doing that style yes. from people he really respected I, I hate to say it Absolutely but because he you know McCasey was also so humble that uh as an artist which is so important is artistic mm-hmm. humility Yeah I really wish there was more artistic humility in the world Which I don't uh, display Not No you are <sighs> just a a mountain of uh brag bra- braggadocio
1: but McKissie was—he uh, had a. You're like the
0: cool mode of. I'm <laughs>
1: like the uh, what do you call them? What's that group? Um, uh, uh, there were three of them, and yeah, they had br- dreads. They were they're on the roots. Oh yeah. The, the smooth. <laughs> yeah. You're the roots of. of I'm comedy. Not the biggie. I'm not the puck.
0: I'm the roots. I'm, I'm the roots. Jimmy Fallon's band. Band. Of comedy. <laughs> band. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. McKissie whole <laughs> study
1: one of the th- rooms I would always say to him, why do you put on a room without I'm always I'm not always thinking money, but I'm like, hey man, as comics we dedicate people don't think about it. You'll hear that comic squad every night, seven nights a week. Most most of us on average you would say about five nights a week. Yeah. Probably even more for some of these guys and they, I've they, lowered it the
0: last few years since yeah, we, I, LA does mine, that to you. I've LA does that mine to you.
1: Extremely. I I will go out to work out. But um mm-hmm. that's an investment of of bus ferry or transportation each way. Let's just say that's like fifty dollars a week. Let's just say, even if it's unless you're getting a paid minimum yeah. for years, you know. And um, one of the things he did was have the Groove Bar to provide
0: another platform. Well, not
1: even charging money. Yeah, let me get to, let
0: me get to that for yes. one sec. Sorry yes. to interrupt, but I, I um, I, I just no no no. I I'm just trying to uh give a bit of a timeline here, and and right. Mackay C was uh, um. Art, uh, it, it, what you're talking about really relates to the humility that we're discussing and and uh he was so humble and he's not the only comedian who did this he went to humber comedy college long after he'd started doing comedy you know and he he really listened to the lessons there and then he switched his and then he yes he opened up a weekly show that was Borderline open mic in a in a in the east end of Toronto, who and it still was runs to it stage. still runs to this day, and they actually have a celebration of him, I believe, every week of uh the, of his passing, um, which is thank you Adrian Sawyer for doing that, and yeah. and and well, and everyone else, JP, all all the people who loved Mccasey, and um Rob and the guys at the group, and Rob well. at the bar, and and um he ran a show, and it was not quite a mic, not quite a booked room you know there could be people talking through your set it was not an easy place and this is where mccasey switched his style up to a conversational style which if you had heard his stand-up before for him to switch from deadpan to conversational was quite a lot and in fact it's something i kind of took from him you know as i went on doing comedy and uh McCasey, M- M- um, he became almost like a Lenny Bruce type of comic. It was... I saw some brilliant stuff. There were nights at the
1: Groove Bar where you'd take him to a comedy club, and it, I wouldn't say it's hit and miss. It was almost like he could survive it, but when he really turned it on, even if it was for a mainstream crowd by that point, he did a fantastic job. But to catch him in that room, Picking up a newspaper while he's at the bar or something very heated is happening Mm -hmm. uh, in society and going off on it at one at one o'clock in the morning or 1230 at night to a bunch of businessmen, or people who just came from work and they losing their minds, like losing their minds, like literally walking around, holding their heads to what they are <laughs> listening to, but laughing on control. They're
0: like, I'm going to be hungover and, and feeling a, like I had the craziest dream last a, night.
1: And I'm a comedian uh, who, at the very least, appreciate a good laugh, but I remember, and, and not easy to be blown away, and you always see, when we come to comedy, stand-up comedy, it's always to show you how good we are, and on the odd nights you catch someone doing what it is they came to show you, you know, and the consistency of that will build a star, etc. But when you caught him, in his element, I remember holding my head as well and walking out of the venue because I wasn't ready for what I was seeing or hearing. Yeah, it was so mind blowing that to this day, when I think about it, I have no understanding of why it was so amazing. And, and what was, was great brilliant.
0: about him was that, um, by the way, you're here, I know you're hearing all these noises behind me. There's, there's work going on outside of my house. I live in a pretty fancy neighborhood mm-hmm. where there's constantly construction. Uh, Let's just say this is one of those neighborhoods with the little tiny libraries in front of (laughs) of every house. Uh, The Annex of Toronto. Shout out to the Annex. 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 Um, But, you know, McCasey had an almost, I don't want to say addiction, but he would always do the opposite of what you thought he might do. So if you came to him and you said... MacCasey, I can't believe that this person did something bad to me. And in your head, you were thinking, MacCasey's going to support me for sure. He'd go, of course he fucking... (laughs) (laughs) Of course he fucking um, would, you know? Like Dave Hampstead telling me, you know what
1: I remember about McCasey which breaks my heart to this day, was Mm -hmm. he Dave Hampstead had a a show about three hours away or four. And Dave Hampstead, of course, is a a, a brilliant writer and comedian. Mm -hmm. Um, Um... should should get more credit credit for what he's work. Lots of
0: Canadian comedians, a lot of the OGs from the nineties, eighties, and two thousand early two thousands. They do not get their due, and they are yeah. much better comedians oh than gosh. most. It's, it's hard of to believe to a us. point where
1: it's pointless to say you know because people wouldn't believe you. But nonetheless, uh, he said that he had this show to do, and it was like for seven hundred dollars, five hundred, seven hundred dollars, mm-hmm. whatever it was. But at the time, you got to remember that's probably a, a comics half a comics rent or all of a comedian. rent. Sure. and those comedians. Would not be working those shows for years to come. And David was complaining to him, and Dave's like, I just don't make the drive. And he looks at McKissie and be like, oh, I don't think I'm going to do it. And McKissie's like, Well, there's not much I could tell you, Dave, because, you know, for a lot of us, we don't make that kind of money. Yeah. And Dave immediately just thought to himself, oh, I'm a prick. And, <laughs> and he did the show, you know?
0: But uh, it was just yeah, surrounding
1: or bringing you back to reality. But
0: also, McCasey was kind of being like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, kind of messing with him, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And 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 that was. <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate that about him. Yeah. and he was the kind of person that that would compliment you mess with you give you notes when you weren't asking for notes um and they would be something where you were like i don't really know where this is coming from but i do respect the mind so much that he's he's and, yes, and they, yes,
1: he usually has a great point you know he usually has a
0: great and he point. would detect uh subtle digs he would detect subtle what he viewed as subtle racism sometimes and Absolutely, or not yeah. so yeah. subtle racism oh, and, yeah. and, he
1: was very strong because i would always tell him uh, and there's this thing where i was like hey man you gotta be careful you know you can't just be out there you know like that you know you gotta protect yourself not everybody's amazing you know majority are you know a huge percentage Mm -hmm. you gotta be careful without going too far into it because he would always have to come and tell me who's another comic of color uh, like him what's going on i'm like yeah but i told you don't do that you know don't go (laughs) around those guys you know yeah like uh but he was very open to whatever you know I was seeing it as a strong mind because those same people actually loved them, even if they were being racist. I mean, is. he
0: was such a unique person that uh, I really think that I don't know. He was just very well liked and respected, even if not uh, understood by yeah. like a hundred percent of the yes, people in comedy. You well know, said, yeah. and 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 uh, with that. I feel like these construction workers are yelling at each Actually,
1: other. I don't know, you notice them more than I do because
0: uh, mm. you're aware of them. Auditory. You don't hear them I have them. Right. You know what it is? Is the uh, mic I'm on catches a lot everything. everything. So you could hear. Or them. the yeah, headphones I have everything. on right now. Um, but yeah, so it's really funny because we're. Uh, Gilson and I are looking at ourselves in a webcam right now, so that's our eye contact. Is we're making eye contact and interacting, but we're not looking at each other at all. But you can Which tell. Which I
1: think is cool, too. It works.
0: Yeah, I love the future, but I guess this could be happening in a mirror as well. So that could be the eighteen hundreds. Um, yeah. So, I mean, in McCasey's loss, uh, I mean, I remember very well. You, you know, I, I got, I was in actually a writing room at the time. And and then McKaysey, if McCasey heard me say that, he'd be like, why are you bragging? Ah, <laughs> why are you bragging? Uh, but I was in a He row- wrote
1: a brilliant, before I forget, spec script for uh oh, yeah. Enthusiasm. He wrote a curb spec script. Which, funny enough, Curb uh, Your Enthusiasm did a... Uh, an episode with very few differences from what he wrote in it involved a raccoon that's all i know about the episode i, I have <laughs> or may have a copy somewhere mccasey um, was always
0: joking about animals in his it early work
1: i wanted to send it because they did the episode I, I was like that's the episode he was writing the problem the solution options i was like that that's insane and that's uh, the episode i wanted to send it but the show was over right
0: i just want to go to this for one second yes mccasey uh, his especially in his early work had a lot of jokes that had animals in them and to me i know this is going to sound crazy or generalizing that's like the mark of a good comedian if you can tell if you're into telling animal jokes because like richard Pryor was like all about animals humanizing animals you know, and, yeah. and making them better and 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 i think that that's just a mark of, of thoughtfulness and, and empathy in a way but also uh creativeness because a lot of the time you give them voice or you give them imbue them with you know like he had a joke about super squirrel i don't even remember what it was and i like
1: his joke although not animal related i i not not remember the, the entire joke but uh because uh i'm nowhere near a joke thief so jokes leave my mind very easily i just remember mm-hmm. the comic in the good time but the joke one of the lines i remember was and they ask a Rod, did you know you were taking steroids and he went like this? No.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember it that was just joke. A little unique. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, it Mc- was a nod. Yeah, of
1: saying yes while saying the word no. Yeah, he nodded while saying no. And the way McCasey
0: showed that was so yeah, the perfect.
1: different laughs that you yeah. get in original ways. He would always cultivate these little fun ones where you are giggling like yes, you know something you. Mm-hmm. you know you should have said thought of by now
0: so you know he did so many things uh right as a comic and it would have been really interesting to to hear his take on on life today and that's another reason we mourn him is it's it's just such a
1: or oh, he's open um, as you could tell I'm from uh so I'm from China I'm clearly <laughs> a black man <laughs> yeah he's from so as you can tell, gilson from you're China. from
0: shanghai you shanghai right shanghai. yeah
1: i'm originally from shanghai
0: yeah, and I'm from St. Lucia, actually. Quick
1: laugh, Quick laugh off the top, you know, <laughs> with the uh, fundamentals of stand-up comedy.
0: Oh, he was obsessed with that kind of thing. But I have seen
1: about the, vi- the video or the, the clip Oh yeah, the clip of his stand up that I is
0: is uh he so I would have McCasey on any show I put on most of the time when I was first as starting. Well, thank
1: you for the stage time. You know what I mean, you were kind <laughs> as well to many of the comics including well, myself.
0: The thank you. I mean, it's just, you know, But yes, uh, McCasey. I can't
1: help it. You, you know, yeah. that's what happens when you have corny kind of people around. <laughs> it's a rumor that was It's important
0: to uh, support comedy and uh, putting co- comedians that you like on shows. Um, so anyway, uh, McKay I, I was an artist in residence at the Drake hotel in Toronto in about 2005. And I had McKay on lots of the shows I would put on at that time. McKay eventually became the artist in residence, I believe there. And he was collaborating with people at the Drake for a show I did there called the joke club all the time. And for a show called notes from the underground and, uh, he made a video where it was just space in the background and he did his act deadpan in front of space and this was so appropriate around you know for for his style and um uh and with drew michael's special that i was just telling gilson about uh directed by carmichael
1: you said or produced uh jared
0: carmichael i believe he directed or produced it i don't know and uh you know, he does it in front of a soundstage. So, McCasey was doing this creative stuff, you know, 13, yeah, 13, 12 years ago. And, and so, he was forward thinking. And I'm going to play the audio from that at the end of this. And I'm going to put the video on Vimeo. And I'm going to link to that in uh, the description of the podcast uh, and, I'm, and when I tweet this out. So, you can watch that video and enjoy it. And, you know, this video, this this episode is is really for the people uh, it's meant to be for the people who knew him but it's also for people to find out about him because there's not a lot of him out there uh, in terms of his stand up uh, but there's one amazing set that was like a serious XM played it I'm gonna try to get Ben Minor to unearth oh, that for me and do you have memories? Did you go on the road with him? You did. You went to, like, New York oh, or something hey, a couple times? With McKesey?
1: McKesey was uh, my brother. I felt, to a degree, a responsibility for him, you know, if that makes any sense. You know, um, I remember once we were playing a poker game, and I was ready to fight some guys who I knew I couldn't beat just because of how they were talking to McKesey. Mm. I was like, I, I, I say what you want to me, but don't say a word to this guy. I don't care what you do. Don't. I prefer you beat me up, but don't ever disrespect him. That's how much I love the guy, you know? Yeah. And I remember saying to him, it was Tim Steves. <laughs> and I said to Tim Steves, I was like, say one more word to McCasey, I'm going to throw you out of this building. I was yeah. that upset. I was like, I promise you, I will not hesitate. I will get up and I will throw you. I can't fight Tim Steves. Tim Steves is also and one of they, the best and comics looks in to me And looks me like, I think he'll, he will do it. Then there was another Tim there, Riker, who, who said, and I was upset because uh, someone was saying, okay, uh, Gilson, calm down. And I was like, no, what you mean is Gilson and Tim calm down. You yeah. know, we're very rational. So <laughs> very sane to what's happening. But that's how much I love him to a point where I was like, I
0: will fight for this guy. Well, that you is know? something I like about the era that we live in now. It like I'm angry, but I wasn't. I was just very upset. No, <laughs> I feel like the age that we live in now, for better or worse, uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword because... You know, comedians who are really amazing, especially in Canada, you know, haven't necessarily got their due in certain ways like they're, you know, and uh, that's sad, but it also means I feel when I first started doing comedy, there was just so much being a dick just as a means of oh, tough, of yeah. like the mafia aspect of comedy like almost like,
1: every step in stand up comedy I took I, I almost had to tell someone off I mean, yeah. even if it was a door guy who was like why you're here and I'm like well the manager told me to come down and see any show I want he believes I like comedy that much and he's like, and I'm like why am I talking to this guy now I can't get into the club even the first step of seeing more comedy you know little things like that where you don't even think of you know or
0: yeah and i remember i would not get on shows and i'd actually call the person and i'd be like look i've done you don't understand you know and it was like and then i'd get on the show yeah, so, and it's
1: not that you want any special treatment. You are just as hungry as the new comic that comic that they saw. You can yeah,
0: the comedy. new comedy hunger. Yeah,
1: you just have that that hunger, and believe it or not, you are here for comedy. So you're not here to upset their day. You're not here because you think you deserve any better. You're here because this is what you were doing from day one. You
0: yeah, know? but I so so the point is that right. that <laughs> nowadays in uh, comedy there is. Uh, I mean, maybe it's just There's Toronto no because we all know each, not, yeah, like, it's not like we've known lot, each yeah. other for a long time and, and and the scene is so. I would assume
1: it's a, any community. Once you move in and you're there for a while, you yeah. realize the not an order of things. You just realize everyone literally makes up the thing that you But
0: in. kids, people Together. new to comedy, let it be known. People are way nicer now. And I yes, think that's yes, a good thing. I think that's a good thing. And thank you. And you're and well, and,
1: bullying's out, you know. I mean, that was so 2000. I mean, Melania
0: Trump ended bullying, and now comedy is bully free, <laughs> so everything is perfect. By the way, that Norm MacDonald video I did yesterday got a it's one or two likes on YouTube and 11 dislikes. So, can you please like the video? Because <laughs> I don't know why everyone hates it anyway. McCasey, again, if he heard this, he'd be like. Why is he talking about... <laughs> norm fucking <Bucket laughs>
1: McDonald. <laughs> I'm to tell McKissie why is he talking about Aaron Berg or anyone, basically. So I'm not going to talk about him. Yeah. Uh, um, but, yeah.
0: Um, uh I don't yeah, know,
1: man. I, well, the Norm McDonald thing. Well, I, I don't even want to get into
0: get the into Norm it. thing because I want to... I
1: haven't heard it, so I shouldn't. Yeah, yeah and it. I
0: want to keep this on McCasey tonight and 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 today. Do you, do you like? What so can you I say about, him? Say How you about him? him? How did For you meet
1: him? How did you? For me, what we have in common was uh, when I met McCasey I was playing at on Bloor Street around Spadina. There was an open mic in a hotel room around St. George. Maybe maybe a little bit. Opposite the Baton Museum. Yeah, that
0: sounds like the fox and fiddle, if I'm, right. if I'm specifying. Right. It's, not, it's not there anymore. Kevin
1: Harrod. We were running around. I was probably about a couple of years into comedy. Kevin Harrod. Shout
0: out to Kevin Harrod.
1: Oh, absolutely. Spoke to him today. Yeah. Um, Kevin Harrod. Uh, so we were just out getting our stage time in. And uh, I remember his act and I'll be honest with you I did not think comedy or funny at all because I mean it's his first time and for as unique a thinker as he is of course you know what do you gonna, mean that was this with this
0: mccasey's first time on my
1: first time seeing it. oh I it see yeah his first time but it sounded like poetry it's know? an acquired taste but it sounded like poetry you yeah know? um nonetheless but uh from that very night him and Kevin like immediately a friendly tussle like I was like Kevin was a little bit harsh with him. Like, Casey, what the heck? What, what, what was that? You know, like, just do it, which I don't know what's the right way or wrong way. And I was like, Kevin, leave him alone, you know. But in the end, we knew it wasn't conventional. But I also mm. knew he was from the Caribbean. And for me, being a, from the Caribbean, and we moved in at the same time, both both were students of architectural design. We had a college... Uh, humber college him at ryerson so to me, this is you and kevin or you and myself and mccasey Mich- Mich-
0: mccasey had an architectural design degree
1: uh no nope. that's where he began that's what we had in common he went he began studying architectural design at your ryerson and i, I began didn't I, even know that he also yeah. received a letter from uft saying thanks for his time you know so wow. he's that kind of guy but um him yeah. and kevin kevin could be accepted into colleges but universities love him um but mccasey Mich- uh, so I met him, we had that in common. So I bonded with him. Plus I love, you know, Caribbean people. I have this thing, you know, it brings out my accent, you know, and like, sure. yes, my kiss you. so, yes, that's yes. you know, I start speaking different. <laughs> brings out
0: mine too. and Everybody gets <laughs> mad.
1: It does though. You don't understand what it's like. You come back home, you realize you're not saying, you see someone in LA, you start saying Canadian slangs because. For sure. You know, it'll rub off. So it's like that. It's a happiness you cannot explain. Yeah. So I was already a fan of his. Then, um, I used to do his accent a lot, you know. I'm a, you know, I, obviously I'm a comic, and I actually stopped doing it the day he found out I was doing it, you know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> was, I've I'm had like, that experience with that people again.
0: before, where it turns out they don't like it that I'm doing impression of them. But I do. Even today, I'm like, it's hard for me to resist not doing a slight McCasey impression. Yeah, well, you know? for,
1: for impressions, as I heard, or 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 when you impersonate in someone, it's because you love them or hate them. We clearly, yeah. didn't hate yeah. them, you know. No, I didn't. And it indeed. was always. For me, it was always repeating something he would always say that would not annoy me or distract me. But he would always say, so-and-so said. And my thing was always like, so if I had to mock on, be like, Aaron Burgan and Ryan Bellville should really think about, you know, whatever it was. But to me, it's the fact that he was saying those names. You know, and I love Belgo, but Aaron, I was always like, you've nah, got his, you've got the bounce, you've oh, got I, I the bounce, oh, perfect it. It's in like, it, in like, his voice. I just don't like enjoy doing it because if you know, there's it any makes you sad. In, I don't want to do it, you know. Yeah, but it's yeah. also
0: like a reminder too, you know. Of, uh... I was
1: like, that is not true because if you really think <laughs> yeah. about. You know, but he wouldn't say about. That's more like, he was like if you. Really He'd think say about, about kind of fact. He would say yeah, if you really think about it, it's not really, <laughs> uh, really. You know, it's not. I would say really That's more San Lucia. It's not really. You
0: know, yeah, he he's yeah. a good guy, man. Yeah, he um, was a great guy. We've
1: gone the road a lot. Like I love my kids. I remember bringing him to um, Nick Bailey's. Dad's home. Nick Bailey. Yep, he's, he's a, a very good man. He, I know who you're talking about. I shouldn't have said his name because I, I wanted to say this part. His, his dad's a well-read guy, well-traveled, you know, businessman and and uh, very successful businessman. And I brought McCasey with me for the first time because I would go visit them around Christmas or so sometime, you know, around that time. Uh, I would go visit these guys, and uh, I was like, "Hey, this is McCasey and so. And right before we went there, I, I was saying, uh, uh, do you get upset when I introduce you as a smart guy, which is a terrible thing to do, you know, but you don't think about it that way. But uh, he goes, yeah, you really shouldn't tell people I'm smart because and we didn't know McKissie was smart. We had no proof till he passed away. <laughs> and at the uh, funeral, uh, they would show that he did. He was a very special gifted uh student you know yeah. his, uh, his entire life we had no proof we just knew well clearly i can't talk to this guy so he must be what smart is so anyways um he would say yeah you shouldn't really introduce me that way you know and i was like well what do you want me to do? tell him this, this is my friend he's an idiot because sooner or later, two sentences in, they're gonna look at you or they're gonna look at me like, "Yo man, yeah. why didn't you tell me this guy is not an idiot?"
0: It's like when you introduce somebody at a show and you go, "This next guy's hilarious," and it's like, "Don't say I'm hilarious. What yeah. if I'm just okay?"
1: I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you want to work out, so you don't want the intro. Mm-hmm. But uh, long story short, this business guy, I was like, "Hey, this is my friend Mackenzie." He's like, "Oh, yeah. nice to meet you." Then he's like, uh, "Then he's like, what is that book?" He goes. Then he looks at me. He's like how do you know about that book? I was like, I'll never have a book in my hand that he's going to be like, how do you know about this book? He'll be like, yes, my man. Like, I'm like, what up? You know, but when he sees McKissie, he's like, why are you reading this book? He knows more about the book. He, him and McKissie immediately bond often. It was, the, was the father the knew the book that the, yeah, the and they McKissie bonded. The I was out of the picture yeah. immediately. So they hung out, you know what I mean? For <laughs> most of, Which is cool, you know, and that would happen very often because he could Mix words with the best of
0: them. Yeah, know, he he was a he was likable in such a unique way, and he was warm in such a unique way, and he was uh, such a hard worker as well. Because, oh you yeah, know, uh, running a
1: business a few years into the country already running a restaurant, and yeah. he was a really hard, dedicated, reliable human being.
0: Yeah, and he certainly, I think a lot of people when they found out he was like twenty nine were just like what, because that, would be Cause that meant time. that everyone met him when he was like. 19 exactly he had no business you you know so he really was speechless yeah and 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 he uh he had uh brothers and sisters and this family that was all they're all they're all so cool i remember going over
1: there and just seeing piles of newspapers i love to read i used to think it's nice that i wake up in my mornings i go to indigo run through some books and read a newspaper especially while the Humber college years while you were in school But I'd go there, I'm like, this family is is on top of the news.
0: And he also, you know, he did go out with my, he dated my sister for a time. That's right. And uh, he, for their first, uh, you could call it a date, he literally invited us both out. So he took me and my sister to dinner at Splendido in Toronto in the downtown. I want to know if that's been done before, period. I mean, I think it happened in like the 1940s. <laughs> to take the brother and say, you should come along with us. Well, his <laughs> that's friend, kind of you know, he was just trying to, say, yes, it's very, very person. mobby. It's so, like, hey man, I, this it's, is so
1: in control. Like,
0: that's how, that's how much off. of respectful of his friends, I guess he was, you know, like, yeah. and, and uh, it meant so much to me and it, I also found it quirky, which I loved. That's and, you know of course i'm the exact opposite of that i'm sloppy and crazy and and mccasey i think respected that as well you know but, but we, sloppy we would, and
1: crazy we always have to remember is our perception <laughs> of us you know what i mean i think to it's all friends pro... to your friends they're like well this world is crazy and i'll like, show you know. my
0: handwriting after this and you might <laughs> i might change my <laughs> you mind. might change your mind you probably are sloppy and crazy no, but I'm um i'm pretty good at my writing we had uh McCasey and i had such long conversations all the time and it was really hard to cut them off and frankly it, it's uh oh, that's yeah. why i like hearing his voice because it reminds me of having conversations with him yeah, hearing yeah. people do impressions of him and that's well, why Nick. in a way his brother has a voice both of his brothers they, there's a specific male arthur yeah voice. Very,
1: very deep controlled speech
0: mm-hmm. so when we lose very people articulate you know they we don't yes. we don't totally lose them that's kind of the point I'm, nice I'm trying to make. make. I'm trying to bring this back se- and seven years later um, since this happened. and That's a very nice thing, too. I'm have. not trying to reopen wounds nope. because we have those wounds. Those it's wounds respectful. are open. It's a
1: very respectful thing to do. I mean, I would not, not everyone, we all play a part again with the uh, crazy label, but here you are doing something that a lot of people, it's not so much. Overbearing or this or that, but they could not pull through it or they would not accomplish it. This is an accomplished <laughs>
0: task. I know? just, I just so wanted to do it. I can't let you do that. I just I wanted to do it. I just wanted to, you know, because Nick I know people have, Hart, so much, huh? people have so much. People have so much.
1: You're too hard on yourself. You, you wrote <laughs> my first article, and that that helped me out a lot. Because oh, great! I used, it. I used it to um try and get on stuff. I was was being, that the one where I was I, even I said you were really funny,
0: task. like at the end of the year.
1: You just said whatever it was, even if it wasn't a lot, just the thought was already too much. But to say anything nice in an article is a huge cherry on top. You know. Yeah, people got mad because so I, I wrote an article. Of people, you know?
0: I wrote an article where I like said all the people, all these people who are hilarious were hilarious.
1: And they ended up doing well, you know. Yeah, it was
0: like Gilson. Katie Crown, yeah. uh, Mike Wilmot. Yeah. and you and Nikki Payne and
1: Jerry D? Was okay, that Nick, Nikki Payne Jerry D. I don't know if maybe, I remember. Maybe not, but I think you may have said other people. I, but like but I, I, like. all, every,
0: I think so many comedians are, are really funny. But but my point is, I got a letter being like, and I, but I happen to be friends with a lot of these people because I am attracted to talent. Yeah. I'm a talent agent. Yeah, we love comedy. And, we love yeah. people, funny people. And it's like, well, guess what? All the people who I was friends with, who I said are doing great now, so... You, sir, will not mm-hmm. listen to this podcast. But I, you know who you are. You're an improviser, and you wrote that article, and it was about bias. And guess what?
1: And if he had to write an uh, article, it would be about only improvisers. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, I, we do what we want in Flanland. We do I'm we, in Flanland. We, Flanland. But uh, I wish McCasey were her in, here in Flanland. <laughs> that would be a huge drug. Oh, McCasey comes through, it would all melt and there I was talking about my sister oh yeah and my dad got sick uh, he had unfortunately uh, he eventually passed of, of prostate cancer and w- when he was diagnosed uh C bought us an edible arrangement which I just thought was like which very sweet I think. sweet so sweet what about Rob
1: Pugh who got into a car accident you don't know what to do when people are hurt at times McCasey, a little while after shows up with uh, a bar that Rob could attach so he could work on his body to bring him back to ship right. and Rob remembers that every time you know.
0: Rob told me about and that and Rob so is really another person him. who's really one of the great uh, comics in Canada right now yeah, I mean huge fan of that guy yeah. yeah. so McCasey, we love you rest yes. in peace rest in peace brother and you are not forgotten you loved yeah. and you're a comedian and a thinker and wish you were here thanks so much for being part of our lives and our story and having your own story. That was incredible.
1: And I get a chance to say thank you, Nick. Carry on. Thank
0: you, Gilson, for being here and talking to me and for talking about your friend. Just
1: want to take a thank you for your good deeds. That's a very beautiful thing. (laughs) McCasey, we love you.
0: McCasey, we love you. And enjoy this clip of McCasey. Bye-bye.
2: Hi, I'm Macasey Arthur. I graduated once and I decided I wasn't going back. So at home on my wall, I have this certificate. It's a birth certificate. I think ignorance is bliss and that's why we have newspapers. But at the same time, you can take 50 cents, walk up to a newspaper box, insert your 50 cents, open the door to the newspaper box and set all the newspapers on fire. Some kids complain that they have no money for fireworks, but for 50 cents, it's pretty much a steal of a deal. I'm a vegetarian, so instead of meat, I use tobacco. But I think it's really time to quit smoking when the smell of vehicle exhaust fumes is making your mouth water. I don't believe in IKEA. Instead of a coffee table, I have what I like to call purposeful pants. So I knotted both legs of these purposeful pants and I filled one side with jelly beans and the other side with grapefruit slices. Just for my convenience. I like grapefruit particularly like the way they taste, but I like the way they look. Grapefruit slices look better than they taste. Kinda like some people. My couch is in pocket in the armrest for my mushrooms. I go fishing on it sometimes. I furnished my bedroom at the Everything for a Dollar store. My bed is a king sized box of tissues. Every time I throw one away, the mattress just gets harder and harder. The other day I was sitting on the edge of my tissue bed, looking at the Bible, and admiring some of the characters in it. I like to think of Moses as a futurist. I climbed the top of Mount Sinai when nobody was looking cut out two stone tablets, and engraved one of the greatest screenplays of all time. You've probably seen it. Charlton Heston is in it. I bet he didn't think it would get past the stained glass phase, all the way to the silver screen. Jesus was also a futurist. Like he transformed water into wine, but really, he invented Kool-Aid It just didn't have a name for it at the time. I like to live in what I call a video house. I don't know if you know what that is. You know when you put the VHS tape in the machine and it says that the film has been adapted to fit your screen? Basically, my house adapts anything to fit anything. For instance, once I misplaced my salt shaker, so I paid a guy to drive a salt truck straight through the front of my house. Right now, he does the same job, driving up and down on my dining table, sprinkling salt wherever I tell him. At the end of the day, I put him to sleep in a coffee can suspended from my ceiling. It's one of many. One of the other coffee cans contains a marble and 12 bees. You give it a little spin, and it makes the most interesting noise. Some people think it's cruelty to animals, but they like it. They've already produced three albums. I think I have one of the world's smallest cell phones. It's mounted onto a piercing inside of my mouth. I recharge it by sticking one of those silver paper clips into a wall receptacle. I chew in Morse code. I don't know if you agree with this, but I don't think Louis Armstrong would have the record for the most recognizable singing voice if Cookie Monster got more airtime.